What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a tribute, a 25-year tribute, if you yeah. will, for the sixth studio album for Janet Jackson, The Velvet Rope, released October 7th, 1997. Yeah, yeah. And as we usually do whenever we have a more, I guess, softer or R&B-oriented album, <laughs> we like to have our bring in one of our guests, and we've got our, our favorite guest, favorite guest. Really? In Fan the favorite guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Oh, Haas, thank you. Welcome back. <laughs> hello, hello. I tried, to, I tried to do the spin on the, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Uh, You're our favorite guest, favorite guest. Oh, I, I love that? it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, you so, got it. You got to keep us straight here because this is a, it's supposed <laughs> to be a woman empowerment album and okay. we be mansplaining shit. So no, no pressure. Get us together. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. So when I did my notes on this, there were a bunch of themes that I was reading about. And like uh, women empowerment wasn't one of those themes. There were a bunch of other really? ones. But so when we were talking- Can you have a Janet album without women empowerment? Maybe, maybe it's just a default. <laughs> I just wasn't necessarily, for me, it just seems like so 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 personal, so introspective yeah. and, and such more like, um, like a therapeutic, like a venting album. Okay. And so that's kind of what I thought that that took priority on this versus like the, the empowerment thing. I think though you can be introspective and introspective at the same time. Okay. And with yeah. her- She's got a few talking, songs on, on that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. And she talks about, and and even the themes that she talked about, and we, we talked about this a little bit off mic, but like some of these themes in 1997 were very taboo that's, to be even discussed in black discourse, Yeah, but to be discussed on a pop album of this magnitude was a big deal. Mm. I got you. All right. I, you know, I think, I think that her just, you know, her evolution and her just being herself is essentially empowering. So I guess maybe yeah. that's why somebody will label it that. But I don't, you know, I don't think she set out to say, oh, this, you know, this is going to be an empowerment album or yeah. whatever. I agree that it, it is very personal and I think there's empowerment in that. Let me ask you okay. what to, so we're going to sing you, single you out as a woman here. <laughs> right? We're going to do that. All right. No, but when you think of a, a woman empowerment album what does that feel like to you uh it feels like freedom okay and liberation okay and self-expression okay without consequence yeah. or a concern for the consequence are there any albums um that we might be familiar with that you would label as a uh, female empowerment like like okay so we you were on here when we discussed uh jill scott's album mm -hmm. and erica Badu, mama's gun yeah. are those I you know? see. I, I was honestly gonna say "Mama's Gun," but I okay. think mm. I think it's just when women uh, explore and experiment without giving a damn, or that's the air or okay. the, the essence. Then I feel like inherently it's empowerment. Because I remember, you know, outside of the music itself, right? Like there was the images of this album, and mm. I remember. And of course, you know, I'm a. a, a preteen at this mm -hmm. point in time, right? Mm -hmm. So this must have come out when I was like 13, 14 years old. So, yeah, um, yeah. and and I remember things like, um, supposedly she had like, I don't know, like nipple piercings yeah. and, mm -hmm. and tattoos and, you know, so things about like what she was doing with her body mm -hmm. were, I guess, liberating to folks because they hadn't seen those images maybe in that, in at that level. Yeah, but I also think in context to Janet, like if you think about the albums that preceded that, there's always been this struggle or this this evolution of her being more vocal right. about who she is, especially right, in the right. context of her family. Mm. So I think even in contrast to the album that came out before this one, which was still kind of, I mean, it was, it was Janet, but right. this one was more like, 
This was like behind closed doors. Right. This was like super X rated. Like this was the first yeah. time we saw like BDSM Absolutely. as like as a, a pop thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe pop within a black woman though, because like Madonna okay. had like That's the fair. you know. So I think if we think about how the expectation for how black women are supposed to present themselves, yeah. even if yeah. it's not stated, yeah, she was essentially, I mean, in essence, kind of doing white shit. You know what I mean? Maybe. And the 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 crazy thing about it being Janet, right, is like. She's also somebody who we've seen grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like the whole like, yo, any girl right. could be the, you know, because it's like she's Penny from Good Times. Right. But then she's also like tying herself up and doing all this crazy <laughs> stuff. It's like, oh, shit, yo. Like, like low key, the album good girl cover, going bad. the album cover to Janet was kind of like the gateway. First yeah. it's like, you know, I'm going to be out here topless. Exactly. And then you're going to gonna see these nipple piercings. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's funny that the, the hands in the on the Janet album are her husband's hands. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm out here, but I'm not really. Right, 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 right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into uh, the, the where were you. So, Haz, as a guest, you want to start us off? And, and you could do several. So, you could do where you, where were you when uh, the album was released? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get into the album right away, where were you when you got into it? Okay, so it was 97. Mm-hmm. It was a year. I feel like I have to give this context. It was a year after we moved back from overseas. Okay. So my access to music was, it was twofold. Number one, when we were overseas, we only had like access to one channel for like three out of the six years. Then the following three years, we got cable and then majority of the access was music videos. My Uh parents were also super saved. So that's that's how I got access to music. There was no buying a bunch of albums and listening. Uh So I had to like... Sneak. You know, my 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 access or my my peak was through music videos. So okay. I was in Stafford by this time. I was in high school, um, sneaking music videos. That's where I was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So then, if you were sneaking music videos, then and you got to this through music videos, which one was first for you? I believe it was. Uh, was it God's List Gone? Which one that was, was released first? first? That was the first. That was the first one. So listen, yeah. God's List Gone to this day, to this day, yeah. is by is my favorite music video yeah. ever, I ever, see it. ever, ever, ever. I can see it. Okay. Um, and then you know, the fact that it's a Dilla uh, production, yeah. but um, yeah, so. It wasn't really that wasn't the tap that wasn't the racy stuff, right? Like yeah. you see low-key like earthy Janet. She's vibing, yeah. she's sweaty. Yeah. You know, you have like these beautiful images. Cause that was the, the thing where images. he was like they're, yeah, they're, they're, super. they're looking through the um oh, it was the, gorgeous. the peephole, right? I, yeah. I, I I vaguely remember it. It's it was more of um No, it's like a it's like a it was kinda like a juke joint, like yeah, but, it's like an old school like uh, African African juke joint. Juke yeah. joint. It's this really, really soulful thing. Like, gotcha. like, like she's kind of performing in stage in some parts, but it's like it's right. really cool. Like they got the old like vintage cameras. It's like an old mm. to like the the photography and the style okay. that they used to capture in things like Drum Magazine from South Africa, right? So like these vintage uh, images of okay. Africans in like the fifties and the sixties. That's it. what they were it's capturing. Just, it's gorgeous, and it just goes mm. with the whole vibe and everything. And it's just like a lot of for beautiful some black reason, images. In my brain, I remember like someone looking through a peephole. Is that the beginning? Oh, of the video? 
So I'm th- I'm thinking you're thinking about any time he plays. Oh, maybe. And yeah. she was peeking on her neighbor. Um, that must be what it is. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I, okay. I think so. That might be right. But one one more thing about the um, God Till It's Gone video is that she, it, it almost didn't seem like she was the star of yeah. that, the focus of uh-huh. that video. And I think that's part yeah. of what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, it is the it. focus on the people yeah, and, and the culture. She's definitely yeah. in it. Q-Tip is in it as well. But, the, as well. but it's like a lot of music videos, sometimes they try to sell the artist, right. which which they should. Like it's, like it's like an advertisement for the song. And for the for for the artist itself, yeah, this was just felt like an advertisement for beautiful black people. Oh, it was, mm. it was so, so beautiful. That's dope. Yeah. So can we talk about God till it's gone? You want to talk about it now? Or you want to wait till we get to the track track analysis? Well, I just want to I just want to say because one, to one of your points, this was the song that we discovered that 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 has all this controversy about Jay Dilla supposedly yeah. pr- produced it, but then he didn't get any credit. Yes. But then the Dilla book exposed that Jay Dilla actually didn't. Produce it at all? Wait, I'm believing really? lies. And, and he and he he kind of took credit through the grapevine, like told his homies, like, "Oh yeah, I produced that." But then Q-Tip actually came out and was like, "No, we didn't produce that at all. Uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam produced it." And so that's crazy. I feel yeah. like you just told me Santa Claus. <laughs> not, I need most, a moment. Yes. What that used to be like my like, bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's still, like, it's still my favorite. Everybody's like, yo, we, my, my favorite ghost production. I need a moment. <laughs> I need a moment. That's crazy because that was always <laughs> one that I attributed to his catalog. That's what we all did. And wow. so when the book came out, <gasps> essentially they they went down the line of like, yo, you know, Q-tip, like. Did he produce this? How did this happen? Yeah. And essentially what Q-Tip was saying is that, um, so Jam and Lewis were kind of influenced by many different genres, mm-hmm. which you can hear on the album. And clearly one of them was kind of like, you know, this this kind of hip hop genre. And um, uh, Janet really liked Q-Tip and Q-Tip's voice. So they wanted to do something that was inspired by kind of what Q-Tip and Tribe were doing, but more so what the Uma were, were doing. Yeah. And there was a specific, uh, I think, Jazzy Fat Nasty's uh, song that that mm. Dilla had produced that they were really influenced by. And so I want to say they reached out to Q-Tip and asked him for like some drums or something that were like part of what the Uma were, were doing. And so they took like one or two of those drums and they made a beat that was inspired by this Dilla Jazzy Fat Nasty song. And then they made it. But then when, when it started to blow up, Dilla kind of felt away because mm. they stole his swag. Yeah. So then Dilla's homies started to be like, yo, that sounds like you. So then he told his friends like, yeah, I did that shit. I'm going to be toxic and be like, it's still <laughs> That's his. So funny. <laughs> and so, he, so, yeah, so according to Q-Tip, and you know, Q-Tip's like, I don't want to discredit the homie or whatever, but nah, like Jam and Lewis did that joint. Wow. Mm, so inspired, yeah. inspired, inspired in that by Jay Dilla. Uh-huh. I need a moment. Go ahead. Anyway, that was all I wanted <laughs> to say was because because many people believe, myself included, believed that that was a Dilla beat. So where were you when you got into or when you first, I guess, digested the album? Was it college years or it was? It was definitely college. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, when the album came out, high school, I was not. I, I listened to whatever the singles were, but then afterwards. Um, when I, I guess I was more in a space to really mm-hmm. listen to the music, I was like, okay, so yeah, college, yeah. yeah. And you, you're not as familiar with this album, so not so much. Go ahead. Yeah, so my "Where Were You" is like is is more weird, and yours is probably even yeah, weird than mine is. But uh, you know, I would say like a horny teenager. You know, what I'm <laughs> saying? like 
Like, I know this video from the Velvet Rope Tour or this album from the Velvet Rope Tour. Yeah. And I remember being a kid and it this it being so taboo that, like, she was doing these shows and you would see on the news these little clips of, like, some guy and he's yes. tied up to something. Yes. And yes. Janet's climbing all over uh, him and he's I'm losing his shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, I love you know you. what I mean? I love you, Janet. I love you, Janet, and all that. So so that that's my first memory of this is yeah. being, I, I want to say this came out between my eighth grade and early ninth grade years. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and so the reason I say eighth grade and early ninth grade is eighth grade, I remember I get so lonely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the but the the remix with with Teddy Riley, the the oh, Black yeah. Street version, the Black Street version was all over the radio. It was my jam when we would go to when we would go to to daycare to pick my little sister up. That joint was always on the radio. That was my joint. Um, so and and you know, ninety seven. So this is no diggity time frame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Black Street is the biggest mm -hmm. shit in the world. Mm -hmm. Janet is already Janet. Yeah. So it's like you put those two things together. It's huge. So that's the first thing I remember. It was that song. And then the next thing I remember is the Velvet Rope Tour. Yeah. Where it's just like everybody is losing their shit. Yeah. And it's like it's coming on Fox News where they're saying like, uh, is this woman perverting uh, America? <laughs> Everybody's going to turn into a pervert. She's piercing herself. She's tattooing herself. They're going yeah. crazy. She right? was first to do it. <laughs> yeah, she was doing that. So I remember that. And then the the other thing that I really remember is the Go Deep music video. Yes. Um, and I remember being a kid and like I didn't watch. Suds, right? Like a house yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, the house yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like a fantasy dream mm -hmm. I remember that because, you know, I'm 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 like a ninth grader, let's say, right? So like I just remember wanting to be at that party so bad. Oh, yeah. You know? Real. And I hadn't seen a lot of music videos. But this video, if y'all remember, it was the first video that was kind of shot in this this like fish eye, fish eye. well no but it's it's a reverse joint where it's yeah. like and, and the only reason i know this is because we, we were going to do a video like this for me with, with, with so so basically they have a harness mm -hmm. that they put on the person and then the camera is facing him mm. so he's he's walking around and and you know for folks that haven't seen this video the, the the premise of the video is there's this young guy he looks like he's like maybe in high school his parents leave to go do something and he's home alone yeah. And then a knock at the door comes and he opens the door and it's Janet with a few of her friends. Yeah. So, you know, they're bad chicks. He's a, yo a youngish guy. So he lets them in. But then like then another knock comes at the door and then more people are coming yeah. in. And so then Janet's inviting more and more people and they're all coming. So, so that before you know it, this house party is getting out of control. And so then he goes... He goes to the, the kitchen to try to pop popcorn for her. But then, like, the, the popcorn starts going crazy because he puts too much in there because he's super excited. And then there's popcorn everywhere. And then, then he, he goes to try to do laundry. Yeah. And then, because he, oh, he, he spills something on his... On his I don't he goes, remember he goes the into popcorn. The you remember, like, yeah. you... He goes into the bedroom. Vivid. And wow. he sees that someone, like, dropped, like, spilled wine or juice uh -huh. on the, the sheet. So he goes okay. and does a... Fills up the sheets, uh, fills the laundry, fills but the sheets But then he puts the too much detergent in there. And then the, the suds fill and up the house. And then the suds fill up the whole house. Yeah. And the party's going crazy. People are just having yeah. fun. It's like a foam party. They wilding yeah. out. I just remember being a ninth grader and being like, yo, I, w I wish I was at that party. Like <laughs> That party just looked so cool. Um, so, so those were the things I remember. I remember the images around this. I remember all of the singles were huge. Um, but I remember that more than the album itself. Mm -hmm, and I would say I, I really only probably listened to this album for to, to do this podcast mm -hmm. because That's I don't fair. think I've, I've ever actually heard the album before. 
Just to piggyback off of that with the go deep. In my, mm-hmm. in my notes, I said this is the typical 90s party from every high school teen movie. <laughs> right, like, right, right. But the fact that it's Janet Jackson who looks yeah. so sexy. She looks it. great. Like, and, and, she, and, and She looks great without being like... The the like the 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 scantily clad or whatever, right? She's uh-huh. just gorgeous in this video. Right. Um and it's yeah. funny because you think about it, right? Like she's doing the velvet rope thing, which is, you know, dudes losing their shit yeah. over her. And this is like that, but like toned down, right? Yeah. Where it's like, if you're a tenth grader or however old this guy was, and Janet Jackson knocks on your door, you're gonna do exactly what he did. Of course. And then you're probably gonna be super excited and you're gonna lose your shit just yeah. like he did. Yeah. Ruin your whole house, but then he wakes up and it's a dream. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's such a great video. It's like, very, so very, for me, you, you talk about the God Till It's Gone video. This Go Deep video to me is one of my favorite music videos of all time. I remember seeing that and just being so impressed by the camera, the angle, and the, being the age where like the, the what the video was about mm-hmm. really resonated mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was. Where were you? Look, so when this album comes out, I remember that this is before, this is like pre Wu Tang. The reason why I bring up pre Wu Tang. No, but the reason why I bring that up is because in 1997, <laughs> 1998, that to me was my really like inception into really, really having a, a passion for music. Right. Um, that wasn't just on the radio. Okay. Right. So this is before that time. And so, but what I did get though was I did get like the D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. So that okay. was an album that I was listening to. Yeah. I did like the TLC. Um, the, crazy, um, sexy, crazy cool. sexy cool. Yeah. Was that ninety seven too? No, that was like ninety four, ninety five. Ninety five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is though, is that the reason reason why I bring up Brown Sugar is because like that was an album that I enjoyed at the time. Mm-hmm. Maxwell is also coming out on the radio, and so there's mm-hmm. a okay. there's kind of like an a, an insurgence of these like black kind of soulful yeah. R and B mm-hmm. acts that weren't yeah. just like pop R and B. Right. 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 Janet Jackson, while she was a pop artist was more of the pop R&B, right? right? Yeah. But then she comes out with the God Till It's Gone video. Okay. And this is this is at a time where, you know, when I I identify as being black African American, right? But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the household I grew up in. Okay. Right? Like if you meet my dad um and you meet my parents while they were trying to, you know, help assist me with the black identity, that's not I didn't really grow up in that kind of like black soulful vibes household, you know okay. what I mean? I credit my affinity for classic rock from my dad mm-hmm. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like and my dad didn't really listen to james brown or al green in the okay. 70s right okay. and so for me i'm getting my images i'm getting roasted in school for not knowing half of this <laughs> shit but i'm getting my images from from music videos okay and so when i see janet jackson and i see this got till it's gone video mm-hmm. i see all that blackness like something about it was just so yeah. so mesmerizing okay. for me, right um so so there's that and then you had the, the the We Go Deep video. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Together, well, I think Together yeah. Again came out first, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That video was iconic as well. And, all and the videos low key. Yeah. All the videos are crazy, right? Yeah. So then you have some of like the the more, the the black imagery from that as well. And there's a lot of, I guess, progressive, if you will, imagery in Together mm-hmm. Again. Uh-huh. But nevertheless, and then you go into, um, you know, the We Go Deep. They had music videos coming out for that for a while. Even I Get Lonely, the, the Blackstreet one was a crazy video. So that, yes. Listen, I still know some of the choreo from that video. <laughs> that video was yeah. ill. That's, that, that was definitely like come home from school, you yep. know, before my parents got home. <laughs> sneak, have a little sneak session and I'm uh, learning choreo in the living room. Because she had but, the yeah. lingerie yeah. Uh, uh, top. It was kind of like, like it was almost like with, with the, dark. Right? Yeah. There were, it, it was like this, this contrast of like dark 
deep purples and like um, it almost feels cold. Uh-huh. And then there's like this this juxtaposition of like bright brightness mm-hmm. too. And then I, I feel like Janet went through different eras through with her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was like her ginger red hair yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all of that was kind of even in all of the other videos, there was still a reference to like red hair mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. some way, shape, and form, whether it was curly or straight. And so she was, yeah, that that video was, yeah. The the thing too about the the videos and the releases is right like this is this is our first pop album that we've ever covered on this uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. and so I, I think the thing that we need to remember about these big albums from the nineties is that they did it wasn't just like a week long thing a month long thing mm. it was like a year yes. and a half to two years yes. later. The Velvet Rope Tour was part of that. But like also, it's like some of these videos, like they go through stages. And so Mm -hmm. like Got Till It's Gone is obviously targeting a more like black soulful audience. Mm -hmm. Together Again is the more world vibe. We Go Deep and um, I Get Lonely. That's a black R&B artist. And then you even had the Every Time video where she's she's like naked in the bathtub. But she's got her straight wavy hair, which is definitely appealing to a more pop oriented audience, right? Mm, but okay. these things, they lasted for so and so and so long. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. And the thing is, is that at the time, like I said, you have to be very selective with the with the money that you use to, to buy whichever albums, right? right. Mm-hmm. And Are you bought this? No, I did not. Oh, okay. And buying a pop album was not something that I really wanted to dedicate my mm-hmm. money towards. But I, I almost bought this album. Hmm. This wow. album is like one of like my biggest regrets from the 90s that I didn't get to grow up with this album because I really wanted to. Right. There were so many songs. There were so many singles that I just liked. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this pop album. Mm -hmm. But my big sister at the time, Cecily, and we recently had a conversation about this. Uh Cecily is like five or six years older than I was. And she was like, nah, you won't really like Velvet Rope. Singles are cool. But the album's like, man, like, don't buy this album. I spoke to her about this recently. And I was like, yo, I'm mad at you for telling me not to buy it. She's like, you were too young. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Mm. Yeah, I, I would also just like to note that the the songs that stuck out to me are the wholesome ish versions yeah. compared to the you you talking about the concerts and the and the BDSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was not even exposed to that. Yeah. Like it's it's very interesting how she mm. was able to tap into different. You know, that's interesting that you say that because you know I think it's also about like the vantage points of our mm-hmm. you know different upbringing. For me, you know, my dad's from Nigeria, and he's very he's very tapped into world events. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in a household where CNN or BBC was always on. Like, yeah. So I always knew what was on the news. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I consumed my pop culture through the lens of whatever the news was saying. So I consumed this you know, album and tour through the, the youth of America is yeah. being corrupted by mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, that's kind of how velvet, I saw it. The Velvet Rope tour was on HBO for like two years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think they said, oh, what I have a note here about the Velvet Rope tour. Hold on. Um, it was on HBO receiving 15 million viewers, surpassing the ratings of all four major networks. Uh, yeah. And by the wow. end, by the end of that tour, mm-hmm. uh, over 10 million people worldwide had attended that tour. That's insane. Um, it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So... Yeah. The other the other thing that's crazy that I read about this, and I'm sure you probably also read this, was um I remember because again I'm I'm consuming a lot of news. Mm-hmm. This um this album was the first that she did on Virgin, and Virgin gave her eighty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the first. Um, she renewed with Virgin. Okay, that's what yes. it was. But she she got eighty million dollars. 
And that was like the most money that any artist had ever received for for a contract. So she was on Virgin. Um, They needed to renegotiate. At the time, the two biggest deals on the planet were Michael Jackson and Madonna. Both had $60 million deals. Okay. Uh, Janet Jackson renewed with Virgin for $80 million. Okay. I remember hearing that on the news as well. That that this was like the biggest... You know, contract, record contract. I mean, yesterday. that's that's empowering. That's empowering. There you go. That's empowerment, yeah. especially more than Michael, because it seemed like <laughs> yes. yeah. it seemed like in this like mid '90s time frame, it was like her and Michael mm-hmm. was kind of like quietly competing mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, I haven't I had a note about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of in the critical reception, I was reading some of the notes, but it was mm-hmm. saying that this is from the Los Angeles Times, okay. um, that the album became more eagerly anticipated than Michael's output, taking her uh, once and for all out of the shadow. Mm. But the thing is, is that Michael hadn't really, he'd been going through all those legal problems. He hadn't really been um. given all, all that much since uh, since he did, uh, was it Dangerous? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this was the one that really brought her out of the shadow and made yeah. Janet like, top or whatever that's real also because that's a good point i think also something that people don't talk about so much is that in this time frame michael was experimenting right because yeah. mm-hmm. because he went from from the michael and quincy which was jordan yeah. and pippen yeah. and then he kind of had like a falling out with quincy that we barely hear about quincy talks about it here and there and then he goes to teddy riley dangerous was was teddy riley right i believe it was more yeah. Than, yeah so then so then that's like mostly teddy riley um, and I want to say, I want to say I read somewhere that Teddy Riley was actually the one who introduced Janet to Jam and Lewis or something like that. It was hmm. some, some, oh, really? something okay. interesting like that. But anyway, so he's with Teddy, but it doesn't seem like the Teddy thing really all the way. Like the albums that Teddy or the albums that Teddy worked on with Michael are like not his most favorable albums, No, look, right? look the, the Holy Trilogy for Michael Jackson is the, the Quincy Jones Trilogy, right? right? So exactly. off the wall, thriller, and bad. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, so that happens. And then, like you said, he's going through legal troubles, but yeah. he's also trying to figure out what the Michael identity is. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting because maybe Janet then kind of takes over, right? Maybe. I mean, 1995, yeah. they have the... Uh, Scream. The Scream. Right, yeah. that was... That was yeah. iconic. First, yeah, first million absolutely. dollar video, I think. Really? Yeah, it was crazy budget for that. I mean, but even even the I, I looked at that video recently, not too long ago, uh-huh. and it's still is it? Oh, I just remember. Being I think a it carries kid. well, even yeah. even considering how much was spent on it back then. I just remember being a kid and seeing Janet standing up pissing, <laughs> and for whatever reason, that, to me, that was just like, what the fuck is this? This is insane. Great. So yeah, that was that was an iconic video. Anyway, so all right, so back to my <laughs> no no no, it's, it's yeah. all good stuff. But uh-huh. so back to my where were you when I started to get into this album? So actually, yeah. I really didn't really really start digesting this album until maybe about like three or four years ago. But that's not really the where were you, right? Mm-hmm. So what made me start to first revisit this album was back in two thousand and eight. Now I'm going to go on a lot of different tangents. Here. <laughs> we're going on oh. a, a lot journey. of different tangents here. All right, so buckle up. The, At the time, so I'm now currently an Arsenal supporter, but at Mm -hmm. the time, I rooted for Barcelona for whatever reason, right? All right. There was a player, there was a a, a Malian player on the team named Seydou Keita, who for whatever reason, I just kind of wanted to see, like, what is this player, like, doing in the midfield? So I'm on YouTube, Seydou Keita. What ends up coming up is... um, a different Seydou Keita, who's a photographer from back in the day. Okay. And the, the YouTube video, someone did this thing for, for, for like a school project. It was called uh, Seydou Keita Conjurer of Images. And what the, what they did was um, they were they were they did this video essay about this photographer and all like the old school photos that he took. Okay. Right. So the way that this, this whole thing comes together, it's like a nine minute video. 
And there's so many different directions, but this is... <laughs> All right, so the music in the background is actually um, from this group called Amadou and Maryam, who I believe that they're from Mali. And uh, the album, I forget the name of the album, but it came out in like 2004. And there's two songs, uh, Artistitia or something like that, and like Kulubali. So um, these are the two songs that are, that are interspersed throughout this video, right? So this video, this video essay made me discover who those were, mm -hmm. right? And at the time, I'm really into African music. So, okay, put a, put a pin on that. <laughs> but the, but but hold on. Are you so, keeping track? So the no. so the photos though are the photos from Seduceta, but the uh -huh. but it's also interspersed with the music video, uh -huh. right? Guess what the, that music video was? Got, Got till it's, it's gone. gone. Got till it's okay. gone. It. Which made me go back and revisit mm. Got till it's gone. Mm. So you see this whole video and the music is great. I discover a new group. I'm seeing all these images and I'm seeing like the Got till it's gone video. Yeah. And that's at a time in 2008 2009 right before I discover the Afrobeat for Your Soul parties, right? Okay. And yeah. what vibe did the Afrobeat for Your Soul parties have? The same vibe from God Till It's Gone. This is a very, mm -hmm. very monumental, like a very, very yeah. formative period in my this, life. This is around the time that I met you. It was around yeah, that time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so before that, in 2008, 2009, when I wanted to go out to, to, to party, we went to lounges, we went out to clubs, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I get into this vibe where it's just like, now nah, you get to wear whatever you want. You get to listen to this, this, this African cool. music that has the same kind of vibe from the Amadou yeah. and Mariam. And then the images were all images, like very, very black images that like I'm now connecting to. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very formative period of my life. Yeah. But it also then makes me go back and revisit Janet Jackson and Got Till It's Gone right. and, and reconnect with something that I liked from back in the day, but I never really got into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know what I mean? So now I'm also, you know, I'm getting into Erica Badu around this time, Raphael yeah. Sadiq. And it's just a very, very monumental period in my life that I just have a very, very deep connection to that song in particular. Yeah. And then going back to then just revisit the rest of this album and kind of grow with it. And then, you know, just throughout the years, this would be the Janet Jackson album that I would always just go back and listen to. Um, but this, that was just a very, very important period in, in my life. And so just a lot of attachment to that. Yeah. So that's kind of my where were you when I decided to reconnect with, with this album. Yeah. So, that's what's up. so there we go. Anyway. Cool. Um, so should we do the uh, critical reception? Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot to go through on the wiki. Um, this okay. album, not only does it have a, I think I read through the entire wiki. It took okay. me like 45 minutes to go through. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a slow reader, but it's a lot. The, the tour has its own Wikipedia page. It's crazy. It has to. It I, yeah. Yeah, I would uh, say that uh, the tour at, at some point probably became more yes. popular than the actual album. Probably. The experience. The the funny thing too is that we, we talk about these these sexy images from Janet Jackson on the Janet cover, right? Now the velvet rope <laughs> image, uh, it's not that at all. Yeah. She's, she's, she's kind of looking down. You just see her hair is curly, mm -hmm. but um, it's red. Like, it is red, uh, yeah. right? Um, but the 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 imagery, the advertisement, the billboard for the tour is not that. Oh, it's yeah. racy. This is the one where she's kind of like in the see through thing with the, with her underwear. Whatever, and she looks sexy as hell. It it was causing traffic accidents in Europe. <laughs> it's crazy. So, oh, 1997. We love you. But nevertheless, right, right, though, right now, if you, if you if you probably put that same image out right now, you probably you probably open up your Instagram and it's probably racier yeah, images right. than that it's right true. now. <laughs> it's true, but um, uh, but nevertheless, funny. though, uh, great album, right? It's yeah. not her highest selling. Yep. Um, though I do it, I do think it has her highest selling single on this. 
Um, Which is Gratin's Gone? No, Together Again. So six mm. million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, th- but that was more of like a world, yeah, a world pop like feel. So I can see. I'm just a little surprised because you know Gratin's It's Gone it, to me is like one of her most iconic records. I think well, it is, but it's also kind of like it's kind of neo solely yeah. in, con- in yeah, yeah, you know in contrast true. to like the other sounds that are on yeah. this project is, is it her one of her more iconic records for people like us or for like just the traditional Janet I think everybody and okay. maybe maybe my context for white people is is living in <laughs> in Europe for those, okay. those two years of high school <laughs> All right. but like you know the same pe- classmates I had that uh, that uh, would would listen to ABBA records all day. Uh-huh. Uh, they were also listening to this album and particularly "Got Till It's Gone." Huh. They loved okay. that song. Like yeah. just random white kids. So That's I really assume that it's you know really really big because when it made when it made their vantage point to me that meant like it was out of here. See, I would say <laughs> from my where I was. Um, I get lonely. Probably yeah. have more traction because it, it was very much R and B. And then, like yeah. you said before, add, add Black Street right. to it. You know, and you know Teddy Riley, Virginia. I mean, yeah, even though yeah. he's not from Virginia, we we kind right. of co opted him, right? So. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so I see. I'm sorry to, to no, to catch it's you okay. Off. I mean, I see though also that there were a lot of remixes. Um, yes, and and yeah. Got Till It's Gone has an Armin Van Helden remix. Yeah. And that might be one of the reasons why all those white kids knew it. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh. That makes sense. Yeah. Because um, especially at that time, remixing a pop record into like a house techno track is yeah. definitely going to get a lot of traction in the, in, the, in Europe. Right. For right, sure. Right. So nevertheless, though, I mean, it's a, it's a, I think, critical reception. I mean, we all know about this album. It's a great album. There yeah. were probably some, there were probably some mixed reviews at the time. But I think for me, the thing that's interesting that, there's a lot of notes on this, so we can mm-hmm. talk about that. But I, mm-hmm. the thing that stood out to me the most was a quote from um, Drew Millard of The Vice or whatever. Okay. And he said that the album inadvertently predicts most of the cooler trends in contemporary mm-hmm. indie music. So he says that, um, okay. like, damn funks, whatever song, uh-huh. bedroom key, whatever attack, uh, that's okay. like go deep, right? He says, Together Again is basically the song that Disclosure has been shooting uh, for this entire time. Which is low key. Wow. Like I love disclosure, wow. but it's kind of it's kind of true, right? Came um, for him. Came for he, him. What did you say? Came for him. Yeah. And then he says, uh, "Tom Crow, who I don't know who that is, uh, would wrestle an alligator with his bare hands to create a song as chillingly beautiful <laughs> as Empty." Yeah. I'm not familiar with with that artist, but I do think though that one of the things I, I loved about this album, mm-hmm. and someone else said it as well, I didn't quote it, but it touches on so many different genres. For sure. And for it to all come together as one cohesive project is very, very impressive. Yes. I, I mean, you've got hip hop on here. You've got indie soul on here. You've got rock on here. You've yeah. got experimental progressive stuff on. you yeah, got like yeah. R&B, slow ballads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just, there's so much on here. Absolutely. Um, You've got funk disco records on here. You've yeah. got drum and bass on here yeah. several times. Yeah. So yeah, there's just expands a lot of different genres and to do it so well, even though I don't like every song on the album, that's fine. Mm-hmm. To do it so well, to be so co- cohesive, um, I think is a, is a testament to its longevity, which is one of the yeah. reasons why, I know it's a pop record, but it's one of the reasons why I really wanted, I, I thought that this album just deserved a discussion from the 80s babies. Um, so I like there you it. go. I like it. I, how am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> he said it all. So you don't have to, but but maybe then you know uh, if you want to go into what your highlights are, yeah, that'd be a good way to follow that. Yeah, yeah. The, the overarching highlights. Yeah, overarching. So the overarching highlights for me, I would say that the singles were super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals. Yeah. I'm I'm an artist, yeah, so like yeah. the the way that she was able to pair the visuals with the music, I think it absolutely, absolutely propelled it. 
Uh, obviously, her being able to have, like, this is essentially, I won't say like a diary entry, but if you think about mm. what she was dealing with, oh, what she was <laughs> dealing with, uh, um, you know, to be able to put that in musical form. I mean, granted, yeah. every album, in a sense, is kind of like, you know, some form of introspection or, or, or whatever. But yeah. for her to be able to do that and to do it in such, in so many different ways, um, musically, I think are my main highlights. Yeah, I just wanted to interject a point about, okay. or include a point when you're talking about the diary, right? Mm-hmm. Is that one of my overarching highlights was the interludes, mm-hmm. particularly the ones where she's just kind of saying like a little like yeah. poem. Mm-hmm. They feel almost like diary entries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. I think that that's, that's, Helps you know tie the album together as well. Yeah. What other highlights do you? Um, I've already mentioned it before about the diversity in genres. Um, that's a that's a really big one. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Um, yeah, the black imagery we 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 see presented by Janet, and it's mixed, right? Because like I said, on every time she's thinner, she's got this wavy hair. It's much more white friendly on that. Mm -hmm. But then the first couple videos, right? Uh, got till it's gone go together deep. again and go deep. That's very, very black. Yeah. That's interesting that you note that because that's essentially what she's she was struggling with her body, yeah. her body issues. Yeah. You know, so you see these different sides of her. It's yeah. it it almost kind of supports everything that she's you know expressing yeah. in these songs. Yeah. yeah, I actually don't have any other. Uh, overarching highlights. I've already mentioned them. You know, okay. I was talking about uh, you know basically the cohesiveness yeah. and the uh, the being able to sequence all these genres together. I'll also just say, in terms of like the music itself, the the front half of the album mm-hmm. is definitely the one that resonates uh, more with me. But, Got you. Yeah, I've got a uh, production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are mm-hmm. the goats to me. Yeah. Like they're. I've told you this. They're they're at my you know my Mount Rushmore next to Quincy and next to whoever else is the the greatest greatest greatest. Um, and I think this is one of the great works in their catalog. I was going to ask, do you think that this might be their crown jewel? It's mm. one of them. It's one of them. But I think um, who did Rhythm Nation? Uh, I think that might be the one where 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 everybody was like, okay, Janet Jackson and Jamin Lewis. In the same way that it's Thriller and, and, mm-hmm. and Quincy and Michael. Mm-hmm. This was also, um, Jim yeah, Lewis. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was the record where it was like the relationship was established where everybody was like, oh, this is the marriage. Here's the um, question though. Was that yeah. album more like New Jack Swing? Was like all the genres yeah. all the same? That's the, So the reason why I would argue that this might be a, their ground jewel is because of the amount of different musics. Yeah, like a da- yeah. amount of different palettes that they were putting together and still yeah. have it come together. And that's what I was going to say, right? Yeah. That, the, that the reason I, I have them as my number one highlight is exactly that. Yeah. Like just that diversity. I said, you know, genre bending musical experimentation. Mm. There's, there's a record with the, with, with a James Brown sample, which is there's, you know, there's, there's nothing more straight up just hip hop mm-hmm. than just sampling a popular James Brown record. But the way they, they weave like, two more genres into the same mm-hmm. record is incredible. Like yeah. they really experimented, they really bended genres. Um, and they did things that I would say, if it weren't them, I would say they were biting, but they made it their own. That's true. So like the the Dilla thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which Dilla, it actually ends up getting revenge, right? He yeah. he made a remix to the song called, where, called, called uh, the Dilla's Revenge yeah. or something like that, right? Where he ends up re- remixing them doing him. Yeah. But um. Even, and this is one of my favorite uh, things about this record, there are multiple records where they steal DJ Quick's 
glockenspiel so- sound. Go Deep is one of them. Oh, they literally, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and they they admit that shit. They they were on the Questlove podcast and and uh, at Jam and Lewis, and they were like, "Yeah, we heard these DJ Quick records and we liked them, so we tried to you know emulate that sound." So it's like they they didn't rely to they weren't too referential of their yeah. influences, but at the same time they were influenced by all these different things, and it made this gumbo pot of just like one thing that sounds like it belongs together, and that's amazing. Hearing that they produced Godzilla's Gone really recontextualizes Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They're amazing. Like, that's a, that's a really impressive record for them to, that's not their bag. It's like, they can do anything. And that's why I respect it. You know, it's like, it's like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Babyface and L.A. Reid are like, you know, these are like people that you can just walk in off the street. They're going to, they're going to have a conversation with you. They're going to write your whole life. They're going to produce it and make it sound great. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, this is my story. That's crazy, you know? So that's my second highlight. Uh, Jam and Lewis as writers. Hmm. Um, I think Jam and Lewis, and and they talked about that a little bit also on the Questlove podcast. They talked about the kind of the writing process with Janet. And that, you know, not similar to the last project that they worked on with Janet. Previously, they said Janet was a really hard worker. And that, you know, she would come in and be like, all right, let's work. Let's work. But on this one, because she was going through things emotionally, yeah. mm-hmm. there would be days where she would come in and she wouldn't even want to record or she would want to take days off because she yeah, wasn't feeling Yeah, apparently she it. took like six months off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. And then I think that she like locked in for like a real six yeah. months. But but I think it took oh, two years. It, it took yeah. two years in total to get this done. Um, but, you know, with Jam and Lewis, right, like they essentially were having conversations with her and pulling these memories, these repressed memories and things out of her. To turn them into songs, yeah. therapy, yeah. Well, that, but like in, but then you turn it into a song, and the yeah. person's comfortable sharing it. Like that's amazing. I, th- I think there was a note um, that I saw about it's just kind of like the conflict of yeah, you're you're pulling out these things to produce this art, but then you mm. have to relive it every yeah. time you perform it. Yeah. So that's real. Holding on to the no, um, holding on to the memory. Doesn't mean holding on to the pain. Yeah, is that yeah, what? Yeah. Uh, that's something that she says. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to hold on to the pain to hold on to the memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing. Like when you think about it, and I mean, I think I think Babyface is probably the best at this. But they said basically what they did from Rhythm Nation on was like, you know, Janet is this. She's this creative woman that has these ideas, but you know, they're like, okay, how do we turn that into into gold? And so basically they brought her to, you know, Edina, Minnesota, like where they're from and like, you know, sit her down on, on this in this living room. And they said they, that they would just like she would just be sitting there just watching TV and then they would just come in and just like sit down and just have conversations with her. So what's going on with your life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they like think about it. And then then they'd go away and then be like, all right, check this out. And it'd be a reference of something that was a conversation that they had with her. Interesting. And they would turn it into a song and then she'd be like, okay, I want to change this. Let's do it like this. And she would like lay lay vocals. So that's how they write together. That's fascinating. It's amazing. Um, so Jam and Lewis as writers. Um, and then um, the interludes. Yeah. You said that as well. I said, um, you know, I think they string the album um, together well. They, do. they definitely do. Um, and they also explain the concept. They because, do. you know, that there's this overarching concept that it kind of comes in and out throughout the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then lastly, I said themes. Um, yep. I think, you know, I can't hammer home enough that this was 1997. And, um, you know, I think while certain things were taboo in 1997, 
certain things were also even more taboo in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we gave, you know, Kendrick a lot of props on his latest album because some of the, the topics that he talked about, while they may not be so taboo for America in 2022, many of them are very taboo in the black community. Yeah, true. And so it's like, you know, for her to be a black woman and canvassing some of these to- uh, topics, are, it was pretty controversial and, and amazing. That's cool. Um, so those are my highlights. All right. Do we have any overarching lowlights? I've got one. I would say, so when we did the D'Angelo episode, uh, we referenced how he kind of has this this mumbly <laughs> thing that he does. Yeah. With Janet, her voice is so breathy and soft. Yeah. For just going back to some of these themes and these topics that she was talking about. You're talking about domestic violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're talking about homophobia in some instances. You're talking, you know, like... The lyrics, some of the lyrics were so powerful, but then you kind of like only catch a glimpse of it. So yeah. like you might get caught up in the vibe and not even yeah. really, and maybe that was intentional. But I think, I mean, I guess that attests to, I mean, just being authentic with the music and not being like, this is going to be this type right. of album. So maybe there's authenticity with that. But I think mm. that, you know, maybe some articulation or at least some distinction. I think I agree with you, but then I almost disagree a little bit yeah. in that, like, I think that, it's something that makes Janet such a unique performer. Sure. Because on certain records, she is articulate. And on other records, she's less articulate. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she's making intentional choices. Yeah. So. And it's not it's not necessarily yeah. a complaint. But it's like, wait, what, what was that? Yeah, like, well, oh, yeah. wait. And then, you know, especially when you have these high lows, like these mm-hmm. soft periods and these intense moments. And, yeah. and granted, that's probably part of the expression. But then it's yeah. like, oh, damn. Like a uh, free zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a second, I was like, oh, wait, what's, what's, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, if yeah. you're, you're telling these stories, you know, at some, one would hope mm. that you would want people to kind of catch what's yeah. going on, but, you know, it's, it's not like a big flaw, but it was just kind of like, oh, that would have been nice. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think additionally, as a vocal performer, while sometimes she's less articulate and more articulate, I think something else to keep in mind is, you know, she's not a vocal powerhouse like right. she would say, right? right? And so for, the, the, I think really the song You on here is the only record where I heard her and I was like, I was like, oh, I can tell that like, she's not the strongest vocalist, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's no, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. no diss to her, but, but she's clearly making different choices in how she's articulating her vo- vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's, she's doing that intentionally. Yeah. Um, I, I think my only low light was, um, I said, this is, very much a pop pop album Mm -hmm. and by pop pop album i mean pop pop albums tend to be very thin outside of their singles yeah and this is an album that if you take the singles away i'm cool it's an ep that i don't i'm i'm Mm -hmm. not interested in however Mm -hmm. the there the singles are more than half of the album so it's like you know if you were to take the singles away you don't even have an album anymore you have an ep so yeah yeah for me i said uh it's a little long and there's some stretches okay. that are, I just seventy five minutes. Yeah. And there's some dull stretches on the back half. Like yeah. I'm not a big fan of every time. Okay. And empty is cool. What it's talking about is cool. But like some of the sequencing of some of those songs, she. I'm she like, like, are that. you like every time? I like every well, time. Too. So I like every time, but. If we're in terms of sequencing, you have pop. what about where she's talking about mm-hmm. d- like being in an abusive relationship, yeah. and then every time is like I don't even know, like I'm afraid of this idea of love because of what I've experienced, that's like true. the trans. Mm-hmm. And it's so I mean I, I I could get why that's probably not a thing for you, but like <laughs> I no, you. I mean in terms of like the softness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think that's the only reason why I can kind of appreciate it. Yeah, I got you. Um, but even like songs like Rope Burn, like that stretch yeah. is not, it's, they're fine, but it's not right. like, when I, I, when I did get into this album, mm. that was a part of the, like I just kind of skipped that stuff. Yeah. I didn't really start mm-hmm. getting into those songs until recently because, because um, I wanted to do this album. I feel, I feel like Rope Burn is probably a song that makes women feel sexy. So it's a, it's a couple of joints on here. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't know you can that get that into that your bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's do the uh, track for track analysis. And some of these songs we've, we've already spoken to at length. So, yeah. Um, but just, so right off the top, yeah. Twisted Elegance and Velvet Rope. Highlight, low light. How do you feel about it? I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, so for me, you know, again, I'm, I'm engaging with this album years later. Yeah. Um, we have talked about Whoop Whoop. By yes. uh, by yes. Cam yes. And, and DJ Pooh. This is clearly the same sample, Hobo Scratch. And I know, and as a as a as a kid growing up in California, woo woo was very important. And 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 so, I thought that the the choice with these both being records that came out in 1997, the choice of that sample was interesting to me. Um, and then I also felt like the tubular bells, uh, you know, kind of exorcist theme um, uh, also being mm-hmm, a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like the production was interesting to yeah. me. So I don't know that I love or hate this song. I just kind of was like, okay, this is interesting. I, I think it was Velvet Rope kind of made me want to like pop and lock a little <laughs> bit. But if you think if you think about, I mean, it, it's an attest. Yeah. It attests to the, the different sounds. But yeah. for that to be like the intro yeah, and then like, to wow. hear the singles, it was like, oh, wait. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not really sure. What do you think? It's a highlight for me from the okay. music from the musicality. Um, okay. All mm-hmm. the things you talked about, the woot woot. When uh, you know, jamming to it, I'm like, I'm listening to the song, and I'm like, oh, the velvet rope. But I'm also like, woot woot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, but also too, uh, it, it says featuring Vanessa May, and mm-hmm. she is. I'm not familiar with who she is, but mm-hmm. she's doing the violin, the violin. that mm-hmm. says at the end, uh-huh. and that's. We like we like a good string inclusion in That's a record, um, and especially around this time, like putting like the, the strings into a record like this. Um, I don't know, it works for me. So from okay. a musical, from a musicality standpoint, it's definitely it's definitely a highlight. So um, then we get into uh, to you. Thoughts on this highlight? I think it's a highlight because I'll just rest on the video. It, it gave insight into the tour. Um, That's true. And so, I, I mean, it, it was, it's it's kind of, it's a bop, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it was cool for me. I felt like this record was the most quirky when it came to production and yep. her vocal choices. Mm-hmm. So this is probably my least favorite song off the top of my head. Really? Like, it's kind of like a melee for me. It was a it was a highlight for me again because um I liked it musically. Uh, for me, this is like one of the Timbaland inspired yes, productions. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. As well, particularly with the drums. The double time the, drums. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um... Yeah, and look, any the other thing too is a highlight because self reflection I think is a very big thing for me. Mm-hmm. If you know me personally, I always talk about like <clears throat> think about your actions, and this is very much like the you is 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 you is is like the, the mirror version of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and so that aspect of it is really cool. Some of the things are like a little heavy handed, like so for example, she spells conscience backwards to to like at the end mm-hmm. of the song, so it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like oh the your conscience in the mirror view of it, mirror, a little yeah. heavy handed, but yeah. nevertheless like. I think thematically um, it works for me. So in, in that regard, especially look yeah. all these, this whole out, this whole run at the beginning, this whole front half of the album, I could just listen to this whole thing on loop. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's in my run. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a highlight for me. So. All right, 
Uh, then we get into uh, God Till It's Gone featuring Q-Tip. And Joni Mitchell is cited in the credits as well, even yeah. though they just sampled her. But yeah. or does she actually come in and sing? I don't think so. Well, that's her, her. that's her voice. That's her voice, yeah. 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 But, but, but it's, it's interesting, though, because <clears throat> oftentimes when you sample someone, they're not actually, it's not featuring a person. You, well, know, you, know, you know why, right? Why is that? Because them niggas get... tried to pillage yeah. on on they'll, the on the, they'll, the they'll uh, get their money. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, the credit. They, in order for them to clear that sample, they made them credit credit Joni Mitchell's estate, and they had to pay like I, I want to say they paid like a hundred percent or something on the on Oof. the record. You know, it's crazy too. So first yeah. of all, I just want to say this is my highlight of highlights. Yeah, yeah, um, agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the other thing too is that wow, I'm curious if she got any money from this at all because Joni not Mitchell. only that. Are you familiar with Desiree? Desiree? Oh, mm-hmm. I saw that, but th- she, but she didn't she she didn't lose that 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 um that loss. Uh, uh, sued and won twenty five percent of the royalties. Yo, the reason why is because Janet's verse, uh-huh. the melody in that verse is a straight rip from one of Desiree's songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "Feel So High." I went and it's listened to the, the song because I because I vaguely remembered the song. Yeah. and when it came in, I was like, "What? Where did? What it's is not it? on the hook. It's her oh, her it's verse, verse that is stealing the, the melody from the hook." It's the same way that. Um, oh my goodness! Yes. So so Sam so Sam Smith got sued by Tom Petty for mm-hmm. the "Stay with uh-huh, uh-huh. me" because you're all I need, which is the same thing from Tom Petty and the Heartbreak. He's like, "Stand my ground, never turn." Tom Petty won, and a lot of people were upset about that. Right. They're like, "No, like." Because I remember when I heard the Sam Smith song, I was like, why does it sound so familiar? Mm. It's because Tom Petty was like, yo, you stole my um, you stole my vocal yeah. thing. George mm. Ben also sued uh, Rod Stewart for um, uh, Taj Mahal. Um, da, 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 da. If you think I'm sexy oh, and yeah, you... Re- yeah, yeah. He stole that from Taj Mahal. Oh. So there's a history of recording artists being able to sue other folks for like, no, you stole my vocal melody. Yeah. It's a straight rip from wow. Desiree's joint. I heard it. I heard it yesterday, okay. and I was like, "Nah, she 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 jacked it." So Dang. it is what it is. So I'm just curious if they got any money at all from this. Probably not. It's probably, not. but I mean, they probably made so much just off how big this record yeah. was. Yeah. That promotion, being able to do to perform it on tour, whatever, she probably made yeah way more than they lost. The video won a Grammy too. Dope. But look, nevertheless, there's, there's not. I'm not. If you guys have anything else to add about it, we we've, we've already spoken that nausea mm-hmm. about the song, but the one, it's beautiful. The, you got to go back and look, look at the video, man. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'll watch it after this. The one thing I'll say about this Joni Mitchell sample, um, I had a, a, a teacher, shout out to Mr. Jones. I had a teacher mm-hmm. in, I want to say the 11th grade when I was in Brussels. And he was really in, like, really into, like, pop music. Yeah. Um, but uh, from that era, he was the one who introduced me to... Um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hot Hearts Oh, Club that's dope. We actually covered it in my 11th grade English class okay. and had to write papers on it and everything. So that's how I got into the Beatles. Um, but he also had us do Big Yellow Taxi by, really? by Joni Mitchell. And I actually had to do like a finals paper or something like that on it. It's a good song um, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a song. A, it's a it's not song. an album, right? It's just a no, song. It's a song. Yeah. yeah. They'll put up a um, parking lot. And so, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I was, I was very familiar with, with that song through that. And it's it's interesting that um, I think Joni Mitchell's I don't know if it's her or her estate, but they're very stringent about like how their music is used and making sure they get the money and all that other stuff. Mm. So, which is interesting because Big Yellow Taxi is about com- capitalism. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So yeah. it's interesting that they're so heavy-handedly capitalist <laughs> yeah. when it comes to their music. But anyway, the only other note I have is that I do think, and you already touched on it, I do think that her singing voice is limited. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that being said, I can't imagine another voice on this record. Oh, she sounds I really great. Can. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. 
Um, so now we get into speaking from an interlude look. <laughs> what I will say about this. So first of all, that's Lisa Marie Presley that she's talking mm-hmm. to. Okay. The only thing I find really amusing is that like, how are you going to call someone while you're masturbating? Like if she was masturbating <laughs> and she got the phone call, that's one thing. But I'm like, <laughs> I called you. What? And I put you on speaker while I'm masturbating, and I told you to hold on. So I look like she did that shit before. No, 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 no. <laughs> she, she over what I was gonna say is, when I realized well, the first time I, heard, I was like, oh, this is wild. Like, yeah. wow, this Bro, is somebody liber- calls like, you, and they're not dating you. It's and really the audacity. <laughs> wow. And That's on one hand, it's shit. like, wait, is she? Is she for? Oh, she's for real. She's okay. A deviant. Okay. <laughs> Um, but that leads into my need, and this yeah. is a highlight Ugh. for me. It's a highlight for me too. Also, Look, as well, you've got you've got the Diana Ross love hangover sample. You had the vocal mm. interpolation from your All I Need. Yeah. Only thing I'm missing from this is meth. If you had Method Man on this, that joint would have been crazy. This, yeah. But I love this song so much. Something yeah, about fun. my need. Also, it feels like it's the sister track to um, uh, on her last album. Uh, that's the way love goes. It's something about like the vibe, uh, yeah, the yeah. group, like the bass line. Like it's something, goes. something about well, it's, it. It's, it's that just... Jam and Lewis thing. And I think yes. I, I love the, uh-huh, the, the like the little uh-huh. floaty things that yes, they have. Yes. I just love that. Like they're, they, they are unique in that. Yeah. And, and you know, we, I don't think anybody ever felt like Janet was like a vocal powerhouse mm-hmm. but she just does a beautiful job of like yeah. using her voice yeah. and and finding the sound that like complements it and sure. i think like this song is an example of that yeah. yeah love this love this track um fasten your seatbelts i don't I think it's remember just, this, it's just I, 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 this okay. i'm drawing a blank okay uh so now we get into go deep obviously highlight Right. This might be my highlight of highlights. Just, just, just for the fake, the fake. The way quick you talked thing. about it, yeah. <laughs> just for the the fake quick beat, which I actually thought was a quick beat growing up. In the yeah. same way we thought that it was yeah, a Dilla beat. Yeah, yeah, Um, and I still play that. Like when I'm DJ, I'll still play this song at a, at oh. a house party. I love this song. Look, look. So, I walk my dog at night, and I always usually I listen to a podcast. But this past week, I've been listening to this album, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my need comes on right before uh, Go Deep. Mm-hmm. So these two songs, I've just like literally, I've been walking my dog on the street, doing my little step that I like <laughs> to do, going into the hallways, doing my bop, not caring about anybody else. My dog is looking at me like I'm weird, but I'm like, yo, yeah. to go from my need to Go Deep. Uh, yeah. I think outside of me me being a kid who wishes he was at this party, mm-hmm. um, I think this song is just a great song. It is a great song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I think it's great and it's playful. Yeah. Um, and when you think about the other themes, it's, it's just a very nice highlight. You know, one other thing I want to say before we, <laughs> we, we we finish the first half of the album. Yo, like, did Q-Tip steal Ray Elizondo's girl while working on this album? Because Q-Tip has talked about, you know, in, in subtext, how he dated, um, he Janet. dated Janet and they were together, um, maybe like during the Poetic Justice time and some other times, right? Mm. So... Ray Elizondo, which is her, Renee Elizondo, which Renee is, Elizondo, which is her, yeah. her, her, her husband, husband yeah. was a co-writer on most of this album. Yes. She asked to get Q-Tip on one of the songs because she said his voice was perfect for what yeah. she was looking for. Blah, blah, blah. But then she dated Q-Tip, so... Well, she dated Bobby as well, right? 
She did it well. Did it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yo, is, is Janet a serial cheater? I don't know. All right, anyway. Know. Look, she's free to do what she want to do. You know what I mean? Anyway. Women's empowerment. Yeah, Go ahead. So, exactly. Yeah, okay. So, so, uh, so that's interesting that, you know, we, she gets Q-tip on this joint and then, you know, later they have a romantic relationship. That's interesting. Anyway. Um, so then we get into Free Zone. And uh, this is another highlight it's for me. It's a highlight for yeah. sure. Yeah. Look, um, the fact that... Uh, some of the, the hip hop samples that, that it uses are really, really good. You got the, uh, what is it? The the Tighten Up, I think. And then the Think About It as well. Yeah. It's a drum and bass song, which I think is appropriate given the subject matter because that's like, a, like drum and bass is really big in the UK. Yep. And it's like, you know, real free love mm-hmm. and this, that, and mm-hmm. the other. What I will say about this though, and look, there is some recency bias with what I'm about to say. And I understand that in the context of 1997, this might've been a big deal. But this is kind of like a safe song when it comes to these themes. They're not, the, if you actually listen to the lyrics, they're not, she's not, it, it's not really, it's kind of shallow. There's not like real depth. It's a pop song though. It is a pop. Well, yeah. was it a pop song? Because it's not like it was a single. <sighs> it might've been a single actually. Free Zone? I don't, I don't know. Oh, Free Zone, yeah, I don't, right, it was I don't think it was a single. When I think of Free Zone, I think of um, just her, how choreography and dance is so integral to like okay. her her whole thing this so one, it, it it gives me even if it's not house it gives me house vibes yeah, it gives yeah. like that the spirit of house i guess yeah. with with the this was the record that like you know the lgbtq community well, gave there was her several. like awards for. that was and that was again, that was right? together again okay, yeah. free zone is the one where um free is a uh, she she starts it off like talking about like oh uh he liked this guy mm-hmm. on the plane but and then found, he found out, out he was gay yeah. that's not mellow or whatever that's that free. Yeah. yeah and so then she goes into the um like boy meets girl boy meets boy boy likes girl or whatever i i forget what it is she's just not really saying all that much on it's here. very spoken word a yeah. little bit and we, like, we know how you feel about spoken word it but gave me like madonna vogue type of mm-hmm. vibes i can see the vocal mm-hmm. for uh I can see that. Know, yeah, performance. So it does kind of feel poppy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is it is poppy it, in that regard. Yeah. Nevertheless, this is in my run. It's a highlight for me. Yeah. I just think that um it's talking about, you know, it's like uh uh one rule, no rules. And I get that, but it's all very like safe things yeah. if you're talking about maybe in nineteen ninety seven it might have been much more controversy, but I think I think that's why the choreo kind of pops to, uh, comes to mind. Like mm. just in terms of Oh, so this one had a video. Well, no, no, no. no but I'm just saying, like, if you think about Janet, Janet as an artist, she's mm. very much known for her choreo as well, or or her dance, yep, yep. like, and her dancers. And that was one thing that kind of that definitely stood out to me about, like, the what I remember about the, okay. the Velvet Rope tour is like yeah, the dance. Like, this true. was like a perfect opportunity to have dance to, mm. you know, advocate for a community to Got it. that that most likely is the community that's that's going to be participate. You know, yeah. so I think it's. This is also so. This is also a run for me, right? Um, uh, through through together again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I think I extended free, even further. But go ahead. I think Free Zone and Together Again to me are a precursor to what Beyonce is doing now. Yes. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah that's for sure. It's yeah. basically yeah, 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 like yeah. the blueprint for what we what we've got right mm-hmm. now with, in pop music. So look, let's let's get into Together Again, which is a highlight for me. Yeah. But we we just have to make mention again of the interlude memory. She says mm-hmm. that you don't have to hold on to the pain. Yeah. Uh, to hold on to the memories, and this mm-hmm. is such a beautiful song. So this is her song. This a tribute to all her friends that she lost to AIDS. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing about this song is that 
the label almost didn't want to put it on the album because mm. of the of what it meant. Mm. But if you really listen to the lyrics, like it's, it's very it doesn't sick. mention anything about mm. having. Well, it's just it's just about losing someone. So, Go ahead. I think. Well, no, I was gonna say that's interesting because Free Zone is literally talking yes. about those things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why I kind of put the two songs together. Yeah. No, it, and 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 I think that they're very appropriately placed in that regard. Yeah. Um, but look, this is a song that I love. Like I love the video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a it's this dance track, this you know housey uh, dance vibe, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a disco thing. And then where it's set, it looks like it's like shot in like the Serengeti or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, you you you've got this like this very the people who she's dancing with, they're very colorful vibe. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just black; it's it's mm-hmm. white, it's mm-hmm. yellow, it's yeah, red, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. And then you've got some folks some who colorful outfits. Yes. and yeah. And you've got some folks whose energy I can recognize now as being like, oh, that's probably a very you know free, mm-hmm. free loving vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then just like everything else about the imagery and the the way her hair is set up is actually the same way her hair is set up from Godzilla's Gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, it's a very beautiful song. It sold six million records worldwide. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I still play the song sometimes in my DJ sets. Yeah, it's so. it is. It's a beautiful song. It's it doesn't feel forced. It feels yeah. very authentic in the messaging, but it's also authentically Janet. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think it marries so many things that we, we love about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Now this goes into another highlight for me, um, musically, and this is so this goes into um, the online interlude and then empty. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Empty is a song that's a highlight for me, and it's about, you know, forming a connection with someone online, but then that being empty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the thing that I love about this sequencing after Together Again is that a lot of actually the the melody in her in her in her verse and her vocal sounds kind of like that from Together Again, uh-huh. but it's like a contrast. So mm-hmm. Together Again, it's about like, all right, I've lost like you, you you're you know you're an angel now. Can't wait for you to wrap your rings around me. Mm-hmm. You, you've lost, and, I, and I'm trying to get together again. But empty is like, oh, I'm connected with you, mm-hmm. but when you're not there, like there's just like this loss that I feel, and like mm. the contrast of those two things, I thought was very art. Something mm. that maybe I'm reading too much into it artistically, but I actually don't think I am. I not think it's no, very I think no, I think that's accurate. It's interesting. I, the I saw some little, and I didn't read the whole thing, but there was some some article, and it was kind of talking about how like the empty online empty thing was kind of like a precursor to like social media uh-huh. yeah. and how like she was, you know, commenting on social networks and our emptiness. And it's probably way more, you know, it, it wasn't today, even as prevalent, yeah. right. Than yeah. it was back then. There's a quote that she says, um, I like computers and I use them to write and communicate with people all over the world. I believe computers are capable of tremendous good, but I also think, about people whose only connection to other people is through a computer. I wonder mm-hmm. what kind of reality that creates and what kind of romantic frustrations it produces. Mm-hmm. After the machine is turned off and the electronic glow fades away, I wonder if you feel empty. Janet has right? some some foresight. Yeah, because yeah, that's literally that's where literally we are the culture. Today. Yeah, now. Yeah. Here's the one thing I, I have to add about why like why this ends my artistic run and what's so great about it is that you're familiar with the idea of like the bass drop, right? And mm-hmm. like. Uh, like the dopamine rush that people get when their anticipation in the song is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you guys familiar with yeah. this concept? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do something in a song where it's like one, two, three, four, and then there's nothing. 
mm-hmm. right? Which is like so clever because whenever mm-hmm. I hear one, two, three, four, I'm thinking something, right. and nothing is there. Right, and it's right. just like this build up to something that's just like, oh, it's not there. And that that You're had right. to be intentional. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's no other mm-hmm. reason why you would mm-hmm. put one, two, three, four, like in a song like this and yeah. just have it lead to nothing. It's like, I don't know. It's really, that, really But good. it made you feel empty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes you feel like, oh, like I'm, I'm unfulfilled. I'm missing yeah. something. Mission accomplished. There it is. So, and then she ends that with she's saying, oh, so this is a this is a really, really, really clever thing that she does as well, right? So the interlude is called Full and it says out, empty of me to be so full of you. But the thing is, is like while she says so empty, that's like the previous track. Mm-hmm. It goes into what about you? Mm-hmm. And so what about you is a large part about her ex who used yeah. to make her feel like you'd be nothing without me. No one right. would like you. So right. it's like how empty of me to be so full of you to then yeah. go into that song is so clever yeah. for me. I don't know. Like, I love these like album arrangements. I get, yeah. I nerd out about this stuff like that. It's the reason why I love the Beatles, Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm hearing it all throughout this album. And it's just like, ah, I'm just nerding out. Sean Price did it on the last album we did. Yes, well. he did. Yes, he did. Hey. Give, you, give, you, give you props for that. All right. So, um, but how do you guys feel about What About? I think What About, um, for me, the first time I heard it, it was very jarring, mm-hmm. um, especially when you think about the other songs that were released before that. And, you know, at the time, there were like whispers of certain aspects of her personal life that the assumption was essentially everything was rumored. Like you didn't know, mm-hmm. like she never really mm-hmm. confirmed nor denied a yeah. lot of stuff that was going on mm-hmm. in her life. And so um, what about just was, it was just very jarring. It was um, clearly personal. Yeah. Um, and then also for her to, I think there's an aspect of empowerment if you've, you know, gone through or experienced emotional abuse, among other things. Mm. Like part of part of the journey is is feeling strong enough to even, you know, stand up to or even articulate like what that experience is. Mm. And so for her to put that in, in music form, I think I think it's empowering to people who possibly have experienced that. But then it's also empowering for her that it, it sounds like it's catharsis for her yeah, to be yeah. able to put this song on here. That's interesting. I think musically, um, it feels like the continuation of Scream. Mm. Yeah. And Scream was my, you know, was a big deal for me because yeah. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan growing up and and Janet. Um, so love it musically. Um, love, like you said, how jarring it is in terms of, of the sound of it and where it's placed. Um, I think that the subject matter is also interesting as well because like you're saying, the, you know, I don't think we were as obsessed with celebrity relationships back then or mm-hmm. maybe just our age, but people still kind of were. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us to know that she was with one of the DeBarges, everybody knows about the DeBarge family and kind of how drugs and things yeah. like that were a part of their story. Um, and so for her to kind of, you know, talk about her own story and give us some of that subtext, but through her own lens, I think is also very, very interesting. For me, uh, it's a highlight as well. And this is one of our, like the rock song, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing that's so clever, again, about the musical arrangement of this song is that it starts off rather, rather tender, very soft, Mm -hmm. right? Very Mm -hmm. apologetic. Mm -hmm. And that's what he is saying to her, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And she's hearing that. And that's in the, oh, you know, I'm sorry, baby. Like, I just get so mad. I'm so frustrated, but I love you, this, that, Mm -hmm. and the other. And it's just like, yo, but you just fucking clocked my face, Mm -hmm. right? And so... That's where it transitions into like this hard, hard rock heavy hook where that's the internal dialogue that she's having in her head. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing, the other thing, too, that's really, really cool is that like there's two 
choruses, if you will. There's like this chorus A and there's chorus B. Mm-hmm. So the way it starts off is the first time it gets to the chorus, you just hear chorus A. Then the second time you get to the chorus is chorus A and chorus B. And then the third time is chorus A, chorus B, and then back again to chorus A. So the fact that it's just like, no, you keep talking, but all you're doing is just like filling me up with this rage. And I just got to let it out. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm nerding out to this musical stuff that I'm not sure if they meant to be in there, but I'm, I'm catching it. So yeah. Jam and Lewis, man. Yeah. Jesus. I, I also think, I mean, this is the only, I mean, and maybe it's the only song that needs to really talk about that. But if you think about all the other, like the themes of the other songs, mm-hmm. um, in relation to the whole album, it is clearly, it is, it's diary, right? It's mm-hmm. like a diary entry, mm-hmm. but it, it, it doesn't necessarily like the other themes that it, it's very specific that that particular song is very specific to that theme that's it like it's like i'm just going to touch on this and yep. i'm going to move yeah, on and then move on yeah. um and so we move on to to every time which is yeah. not a low light for me but it's not a highlight either go ahead Haz. i mean it's it it's cool like i appreciate it but that that might just be you know yeah. I, I i do feelings and shit so i think like, it was a highlight for me as well okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd have to play it again to remember why, but I definitely noted it down as a highlight. I think what I remember from seeing the video was just like this vulnerability and this this nakedness mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, clearly this whole album is about being vulnerable and being open, but mm-hmm. it's like the visual representation of that. Um, Sounds like a video I need to see. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it's Janet Jackson. She's not wearing any clothes. She's in the <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Um, so no, almost like a cleansing too, yeah. Just yeah. floating around in water. Wow, it's not a low light for me. It's just the like if you took this song in a vacuum and just listened to it on itself, that's not the kind of like soft pop. I'm, I'm. It's not. That's not my bag. Yeah, I don't right? need it. Now that being said, though, that being said, what the song is talking about, like why it's scared to like fall in love, given the songs that come before it, and again that transition, that sequencing is brilliant. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I think it needs to be on the record. It's just not, you know, musically, it's just, it's not my vibe. Like, I'm not going to go to this album just to listen to the song. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the ones who came before this, like, if I'm just in the mood to listen to Go Deep or My Need or whatever, I'm just going oh, yeah. to listen to this album. You don't love this joint? With a soft keep piano. Oh, Wait, every time? Every time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember this joint being on the radio all it was. the time. But if you, it's it kind of fire. her ballad, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, when you think of, like, okay, Vocally, no, but Tony, Unbreak My Heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, the construction yeah, of the song is yeah. very ballady, like, you know. It it's, sounds great. Uh, the writing I'm not going to try to sway you. I'm just no, saying. No, 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 no. The, the writing is, <laughs> the writing is yeah, amazing. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the key, you know, key arrangement mm-hmm. is, yeah. is, is amazing. The arrangement of the song is I great. I mean, like, yeah, this is the ballad on, on this joint. Look, I, like I said, it's not a low light. I, I like the inclusion of the record. It's just not a song that I would go to just mm-hmm. to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... Those aren't my kind of sure, things. Sure, sure. Um, but now we get into uh, Tonight's Tonight. And this is a very interesting one. Yeah. Because it's a cover? It is a cover. Yeah. It is a cover. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a co- So, like, I don't... Sonically, I don't need it. Yeah. Um, uh, in relation to everything else that she's talking about, I can understand why it's there. But I, I don't... I, I think... Not even because it's the cover, but I just think vocally, it probably this would be a low light for me. Okay. Do you know why she chose to do that? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't love or hate it. It's fine. Um, I, I grew up. Yeah. My dad loved Rod Stewart growing okay. up, so I listened. I've listened to you know his a lot of his music. Are you familiar but, with the Rod Stewart version? 
Yes, but okay. it, it just didn't it didn't resonate. So right, for so, me. so yeah. before before we get into that, because I do I think that that's very important. Mm-hmm. One of my potential low light again. Look, some of this is recency bias, and when I talked about, I was like, all right, I think that some of these themes that you guys are attributing to some of these songs are a little forced. She got praised by not changing, not regendering the song. So mm-hmm. this is this is the song that Rod okay, Stewart yes, is yes, singing yes. to a girl. Yeah, and yeah. She just sings. She doesn't change any of the lyrics, right? right? right. And so it makes it seem like okay, she she's is going to, to yeah, uh, she's seducing a woman that they're about to make love for like the first time, and possibly mm-hmm. even add add another person as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get in 1997, this might have been a big deal. So I fully, fully, you know, acknowledge that. Right. But I think like this is not the only time I've heard songs from. The, where the male or the female has has switched roles, but they mm-hmm. haven't changed the lyrics. Yeah. For example, Donald Glover did this when he did um, "To Me" as "I'm So Into mm-hmm. You." Mm-hmm. He got on, he got on this. But YouTube Donald shit. Glover is is 20, 30 years later. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I get that. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Right. So I understand at the time it might have been a big deal, but it's it's also like this was one of her mom's favorite songs, and she just loves this uh, song. Okay, that's why. I was and so it's just like she just it. she just wanted to yeah, do the song. It's like, cover. do I think that she made it a point to like know like. I'm going to be maybe she did maybe she didn't yeah but the the ironic thing about this though is that Rod Stewart this is actually one of his most controversial songs and I think the reason mm. why is because he's talking about taking a woman's virginity mm. you know mm. a girl's virginity because mm. he doesn't say woman he says girls and so it's just like bruh you know so for her to cover this song and to put that twist on it if you will it's just I don't know I just find it amusing so I think like I said I, I understand why she kept it in terms of you know everything else that's that's being discussed in the album and i i mean i think in the context of her being a black woman it's still very much yeah. you know kind of taboo to it a certain is, extent so at that time yeah. that was very bold of her and then yeah. also for her to not change it so it's like yeah, theme wise and what it stands for I don't, I don't mind it being there but like i i didn't have to have it i think though you know to shoot her some bail i guess right like when when a man talks about taking a girl's virginity, that's one thing. Yeah. When a woman who was Penny on yeah. on Good mm-hmm. Times yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's is mm-hmm. now talking about possibly maybe having a sexual encounter with another yeah, woman, sure. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and then your brain is going, okay, well, did she misgender it on purpose? Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I think that the question marks they may have done on purpose, and that mm-hmm. might be a genius, a genius yeah. kind of decision to be made. I, look, like I said, I completely acknowledge that in the context of 1997, um, it was probably a big deal. Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't hear the song in 1997. Right, I right. heard it, you know, I didn't even hear the song back in like 2008. Like mm-hmm. this is one of the ones I skipped. Yeah, I didn't hear the song until like the last three or four years, where it's like it doesn't hit me the same. Yeah, right. So, Likewise. Um, but now we get into I Get Lonely. Yeah, not a highlight for me, but I'm assuming it is for y'all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't dislike the song. It's just yeah, not a highlight. no, it, this this was one of my highlights. Um, probably second to "Got Till It's Gone," but I think that's just personal nostalgia associated yeah. with that. Um, mm. It's like it give you got that. It's that good R and B. It is. You, yes. you know, yes. you have the video that you want to copy the choreo. That's true. Yeah. Janet, I'm pretty sure that I copied one of her outfits in college. <laughs> like this is this is years later, and yeah. I, you know, found a reason to like yeah. wear an outfit similar to something that she had going on in there. But yeah, um, yeah, this this was something that I think my peers were more still talking about. I get lonely yeah. versus anything else, yeah. and so yeah. that was the you know a, a conversation piece. I think so. I think this was the black 
song. Yes, yes. And, and, and the one thing I will say is I, you know, maybe even out of protest, did not listen to this song all the way until Friday. On, really? on Friday, the 25th anniversary or whatever version of 20th, 25th anniversary of this album came out with the remixes, which included the Blackstreet version <laughs> of this song. And, and it was not on streaming. And I think I may have even mentioned this before on our podcast. I was like, how is the Blackstreet version not on here? Because I just feel like the ad-libs of them going back and forth with her were amazing. Like you said, the video was great. Yeah. Like the their energy together is great. And to me, the version on here, it, it feels absent without them. Like I can yeah. hear, I can hear where their voices are supposed to be. Like, oh man, I, I can't I can't do it without them. That's so interesting because I when I think of it, I don't think of Blackstreet oh my God, at all. And the um even like if we were to play the two next to each other, the extra instrumentation that Teddy Riley added in, mm-hmm. there's um there's Timbaland doing a beatbox. Yes, yes. I was gonna Timbaland say this sounds like Riley, a Timbo inspired beat. Timbaland and Teddy Riley did it together. Wow. And okay, Timbo, okay, okay. they sampled Timbo doing a beatbox. So like it, it's, it's just so Virginia. Like a lot of his music. Yeah, like yeah. that was like one of his things. Yeah. But yeah, it's so Virginia. Uh, I just, I, I love it. I, I love, love, love that version of the song. Um, if that version was on this album, it might be my highlight of highlights. I gotcha. fucking love that song. So yeah, I like this song too. Was that on a soundtrack? It, it sounds like been. it could have been. It sounds like a song that would have been. It might have been. Yeah. It definitely, yeah. it definitely gives like in that era of black mu- uh, movies it gives like that yeah. should have been on somebody's like, score for something yeah but um the way the way that man is crooning for that woman <laughs> yo that's like Jodeci vibes like I won't know yo he's going crazy I love it um look it is a standard R&B hit it's I don't dislike the song at all it's just it's just not one of my highlights gotta break it down break it down break it down that's fair but see, this was this was not the hey. R&B that I was really was in tune with in the nineties. Oh, like man, I wasn't. Yeah. This is when this is when Missy and Timbaland <laughs> yeah. changed yeah, 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 the yeah. whole format right. of how R&B sounded. Yes. Yeah. What I will say, I do love the line. Um, I'm so lonely that only you can hold me. I think mm-hmm. that that's a really really powerful thing to say. Um, I think you know? yeah, but that's like. Janet and vulnerability, like that's yeah, that okay. yearning. Like yeah. she does a great job of of articulating that and exuding that. Yeah. But yeah, I feel yeah, that. Yeah. So uh now we get into rope burn, and this is our our BDSM stuff. Yeah. I yeah. think for me, the only thing that stood out to me about this record is is the fake DJ Quick Glockenspiel <laughs> again, because I love <laughs> DJ Quick and I love when people emulate him. Uh, but yeah, this song's cool. It's it's cool. It's not a highlight for me, but I do like again the the ref, the reference to uh, the velvet rope. Yeah, I like you that concept. I mean? yeah, yeah, I like it too. Yeah. So, um, and I do. I think that this was probably a very Madonna was probably good at doing this as well, but the idea that you could be um, have some kind of sexual desire, but it doesn't necessarily have to say anything about like who you really are mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, yeah. the vulnerability to, to to be in the safe space to ask for it and to receive yeah. it um, I think is very very important the song itself is, is fine I think but. more recently I'm realizing that I might have an irrational distaste for Madonna um, I do not like Madonna that's fair um, and I do not like how it feels like it always felt like she almost avatared black 
I don't. I don't think it's irrational. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I think, like I feel like we talk about her and we're like, oh, Madonna. But then when you talk about like all the things that she did, like like they they feel so opportunistic and almost Elvisy. Mm-hmm. Like even you 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 heard the interview uh, that that got leaked with Michael Jackson where he was talking about how Madonna was trying to date him because she was trying to she was trying to like blow up her career mm. and she she pulled some shit where I guess she like. She invited him on a date, but he kind of couldn't really tell if it was a date or it was mm. if it was like just like a friend lunch type mm-hmm, of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then like when he like got there or whatever, there was like all these cameras around and shit because she was trying to get this photo op so she could say that like she dated Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how much he hated her. But like yeah. it was like it was like a, one of those things where it was like a hot mic, like, mm-hmm. like somebody had recorded it. Oh. And he was like, yeah, I do not like her. Like she's blah, 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 blah. And then you look at her trying to date Drake recently, like like more recently, like in the last 10 years. Well, yeah, her. Yeah, and like her kissing somebody on an award show. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Nicki Minaj or who it was. But... Yeah, I can't remember. Um, her, you know, uh, dating Stunts. dating um, uh, Big Daddy Kane mm-hmm. and this one and that one. It's just, it's just like you, using black culture as an avatar... Whether you 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 really like it, like she seems to appreciate black culture or or be or or like it, but like you know how white people use black culture and then when they're done with it, they put it away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that really cycle. really yeah. I hate that and mm-hmm. and I feel like Madonna's like an early example of that, and it kind of disgusts me that at her age she's still trying to do that. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, but I so mean, I if it, if it works for her, no, why would she that. stop? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not but disagreeing. I, but but I, ain't gotta, why, like, I ain't gotta like it. Oh know, no, like, no, 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 yeah. not at all, <laughs> you know not at all. Yeah, I don't like Madonna. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's irrational. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I and I can acknowledge that she got some bangers. Like she got yeah. some she big records. Yeah, she yeah. I just don't like her as a person, mm-hmm. or at least her persona. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Madonna. But like artistically, I respect some of the things that she did for sure. Likewise. Yeah. Um. So anything. Uh, this is a highlight for me. I don't remember this record. Wait, what's, what's the hook? Oh yes, yes. Okay, so any that like that's grown, it's grown. Oh yeah, I guess this is a, one of the ballads too. It is, but the thing I love about this is that this is kind of like a precursor to a lot of that alternative R and B that I find myself like digging. But this is the record to me that is the um, anytime, any place, like kind of yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, style yeah, yeah, yeah. type of record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like this joint. Yeah, it's very, it's very, you know, it's grown. It's come over. Yeah. It's we gonna set a mood. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's sedu- it, it it seduces you. I think that track does. And she's great like with the seduction. best at that. Yes. Yeah. The, the other thing too I love is it. There's like a little instrument that they use. It sounds very much like the the main instruments in uh, Moments of Love. Okay. And so it's just like you. There's certain songs. That they create like the moments a of love certain, is a sexy joint. What'd you sure. say? I said moments of love is a sexy joint. Yeah, it is. So. And so you think about that song. So then you hear the instrument, and you're automatically yeah, thinking about yeah, sex. Right? It's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So um, we kind of wrap up the album. We have uh, interlude sad, which is a uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing more depressing than having everything and feeling sad, mm-hmm. which I think is a I can't tell you how many celebrity crash and burn stories. Have to do with that, like oh, you yeah, had everything, and yeah, then yeah. you still feel you still feel empty. Isn't still that like sad. what what like Drake's like all his songs are about? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then the girl who he disregarded, not spending, not like dropping everything to come see him, is that as well? <laughs> um, there's two like hidden tracks which I'm less familiar with. So, Haven't heard either of them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're at the they're at the, they're cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not as well familiar with, and they're not even on Spotify anymore. Okay. Yeah. So cool. yeah. 
Uh, do you have anything to, to, to add with that? No, I think you uh, wrapped it up quite nicely. Cool. Hey. So no, uh, any any closing thoughts? Nah, I'm glad we got to cover a Janet uh, yeah. album, and I'm glad that Haas was able to join us oh, to cool. cover Yes, thank you for before. having me. Yeah. All right, so that should wrap it up for our discussion on uh, Velvet Rope. Hope you all enjoyed it. Peace.